Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. We are starting a a new series over the book of Ephesians today, and um, I'm really excited to bring the word of the Lord to you. Uh, It's those of you who've been with us for a while at Glory Church, you've heard and you've seen my wife is with child, and uh, we are we are doing the. This is not. This is a shame on me. Okay, uh, for the first time in our four pregnancies, we are actually. I'm going to take a paternity leave. Uh, what a wow! Yes, rest. Uh, whatever that is, I'm going to rest. Uh, so, over the next six weeks, there are some mighty men of valor in our church who who are going to be walking through Ephesians with us as a church. And I'm really excited. I just get to start it off. You know, hopefully I I throw the ball in the air so that they can just keep hitting it. Um, And then I'm back. uh, Probably chapters, you know, five when it's, it's, it's really interesting. We were talking in the staff. Um, The week that I'm back is when Paul gets really blunt. And I'm like, really? I have to get the blunt one? And so, I'll just have six weeks of of waiting for that. Um, But I want to prepare your heart. So we just ended a series on the presence of the Lord. And we talked about the tabernacle. And we talked about how in, in Jesus, he fulfilled all of these things. That Jesus, after... Uh, ascending into heaven after showing his disciples his nail-scarred hands, right? He, he shows them the holes. Then he descends into heaven and he enters the Holy of Holies and sits at the right hand. And Brian painted this beautiful picture. We see in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit fall and people are like blabbing in tongues. And we see tongues of fire over individual people and and what is happening and we we call it this huge spiritual movement but in heaven god just calls it reality my high priest entered the throne room it is complete and now my spirit moves freely among his people like it's it's reality And so before we even get into this, can we just realize that there's not this isolated part in Scripture where the Holy Spirit works. No, it's your story. It is Jesus has entered the throne room, has taken his seat at the right hand of the Father, and now the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is you and me, showcases glory. His presence is here. And so it's with that that you have authority to be here. The Father wants to speak to you. Those who are far and those who are near, He wants to speak to you. So I'm going to end this right here. Uh, if, if the music could just keep going, I'm going to read this passage over you. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dive into Ephesians, okay? This is Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read the bulk of from 1 to 14, okay? So that's where we're sitting today. The writer says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Who is this for? It is to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace 
Paul writes, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. Verse five, he destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. And in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses, our sins, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and on earth. And in Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will. So that we, who are the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. But in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and chose to believe, you were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. Father God, we just opened up and I just spoke 14 long verses of your word. Father, I believe without a shadow of doubt that your word is living and active. It does not return void. It is powerful and mighty. Not only that, it is sweeter than honey. It is better than bread. Like food is for the stomach, you, God, your word is for our bodies. So in this place, I just pray that you give me words to make sense of these 14 verses. There are words that, that made so many of the, of the people of Glory Church already check out. But God, you are wanting to bring us in. So in the mighty name of Jesus, I call out the schemes of the enemy to check us out from your freedom today. No, we are drawn in because your word says, whoever draws near to you, you draw near to them. So I... I'm going to take the initiative, Glory Church, and I draw near to the Father as we speak of his word, right? Join me, draw near to him. God, speak to us. Your servants are listening. Make sense of your word. Amen. Well, I'm excited. The, the promise that we ended with was that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. I'm sort of going to end or start with the ending and then we're going to go to the beginning. Sound good? You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Do you know what that means? You have a marker of him. Not only that, like sealed means on you is an emblem that showcases that you are his. Like he is, he owns, he masters, he shepherds, he is your owner. 
And I love that, and it's hard, because one thing that I need to, to already get into, as we get into this text, there are going to be things that we must um, let God define, and we must leave the world's definition of. God wants to own you. Now, you're like, what? I don't want to be owned by anyone. No, he wants to call you his, to be his special possession. Now, the beauty of that is as God's special possession, we now have um, at our hands, at our disposal, all of God's possessions, his blessings, his, his hope, his joy. But it's when we have this worldly mindset, which the enemy, I mean, isn't he so good at saying, no, you will not be owned by anyone. And even in the comment, even in the challenge, in my thought of like, no, I'm not going to be dominated by anyone. I'm dominated by what? Like pride, dominated by arrogance. Sometimes we get dominated by anger or the fear of being controlled already is controlling us. Anyone in the room? Like the fear of being controlled is already controlling you. And so now you're operating by fear. We're always supposed to be dominated by something. God made us to need him. God made us to be dominated by him, but his yoke is easy, right? And so we got to, we have to have eyes open. And what I'm excited about, I read this um, and I've been listening. Anytime I, I teach over a long text like this, I like to listen to the audio Bible of it over and over and over. And I was going on a, uh, a drive to pick up something for the house and I took Jack with me. And so I had the audio Bible of Ephesians 1 going on repeat. And Dad, uh, Jack goes, Dad, are we just going to keep listening to this over and over and I said, yes. And then he starts like making fun of it, which is really good in this sense. Okay, listen. Whenever you read scripture, start noticing the things that are so repetitive. He started, and I don't know, the audio Bible voice was like, according to, according, in accordance with. And so he literally was like, according to, according to. Dad, it keeps saying according to. And I'm like, good. You're noticing that it's saying it like, 20,000 times. And so we would listen to it over and over. And every time it would say, in according to, Jack would go, in according to. And I'm like, but Jack, like you're noticing that there is some repetition. In fact, if I can uh, sum up this whole sermon in one word, it is, or one phrase, it's in accordance to, or according to. That's five times Paul says this in these short 14 verses, and it gets a little repetitive, and you're like, Why, what is this word according to? Like, literally, to accomplish according to, according to, and it's the word kata in the Greek. And it's a really cool word uh, in Ephesians. It's overly used throughout all of the Gospels. It's like a preposition, but here Paul's very specific. Uh, it, it, it means to be downward from. It's, it, it extends downward from, and it always has this toward something. It's to come from and to something is what according to means. Kata means uh, in the name of also. When, when uh, Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, According to my name, what do you ask in my name? The Father will do. It's a marker of relation. And so in this text, already, chapter one, Paul's like, I need you to realize what is extended to you. I need you to realize what things are, what things are extended to you and where it's coming from. 
I need you to live in a way that is flowing from me. Think of a stream, right? A stream goes one direction and things downstream are benefited by the things upstream. But we can also say things downstream are also could be hurt or limited by the things upstream, right? If you pour some oil and some water of a river, it's going to start affecting everything below it, everything downstream. God in this text is saying there's a stream. Every spiritual blessing you have the ability to grasp, it's been given. But there's a downward stream from me to you. And I want you to live in accordance to me. I want you to live a marker of relation, everything downward from me. Does this make sense? Are we we diving in now? He's very specific. Uh, He says every spiritual blessing. And then he says these four things that we need to have according to. And here they are like one by one by one. We're going to hit it really quick and then we're going to dive into it later. But he says, you have an adoption. You are called sons and daughters of the king and you are called that according to, downward from my pleasure, God says, my goodness. You are an adopted, adopted child according to my grace that is free. Not only that, he goes, you now have redemption. If you are in Christ, you have forgiveness of your sins, but not according to what you do or not according to the world where the world says you pay penance, you go to jail for X amount of times and maybe your forgive, like forgiveness can come. You have to go to this seven-step program in order to be healed, redeemed from this. No, the Father says you have redemption flowing from my riches, my grace that is freely lavished on you. Uh, We need to understand this word according to, because then he says, I give you understanding. Not only that, he says wisdom and insight. And then it's not according to the world, not according to what you can Google today, not according to what you feel. Understanding doesn't come according to what you even know. Understanding doesn't come from what you've experienced, how how many times you've been hit, and so now you know to, to block. Understanding doesn't come from abuse. Understanding comes according to his pleasure that he actually set forth in Christ when he said, son, go die. Son, go live and die. Gather my people. It's understanding according to his method. And the last thing is this inheritance that you've been given as a child who is redeemed, who is given understanding, inheritance. And it's a heritance according to his purpose, which is beautiful. The actual text says um, his purpose who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will. And so literally what that means, some of you need to realize if you've called, if you've been called to do something, he will do it. There's an inheritance that the father gives. If you live according to him, it will come to pass. It will come. So we got to understand this word according, because this is huge. Jesus tells his disciples on the night that he was betrayed, that night that he, he broke the table open and said, this, this is a beautiful imagery of my body and my blood, which Dalton just read. That same night in John 15, he told his disciples this, I am the vine and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
Quite literally, if you don't live downward from me, you're not producing anything. And in fact, my father is the vine dresser and he takes the things that are dying and he cuts them off and the things that are not producing fruit, he prunes. But I need you to see, my disciples, that if you live according to me, you will remain in me. Everything flows from me. Your life, your hope flows from me. Some of you, I need, like, your hope doesn't flow from the paycheck you get. It flows from me. Your hope doesn't flow from that fix that you get. It flows from me. Your hope doesn't flow from the satisfaction you get from a one-night encounter. It flows from me. And so we have to realize, like, God is wanting, Jesus is wanting us to see this image of the tree that is flowing from the roots, the vine, and the branches to bear fruit according to him. See, a lot of times, like, when it says, like, apart from me, uh, you can do nothing, a lot of times I put this in past or in present tense, like, apart from me, apart from Jesus, I can do nothing. Um, so, like, I think, okay, Jesus, be close to me every day. Be close to me every day. And I need you to understand that. Uh, be with me. Sometimes we think, all right, God, just have a hard day. I've got a meeting at work. Will you be with me in it? Right? Do you sometimes think of it that way? Like, Jesus, just be with me. I'm going to remain with you in that. But this imagery that Jesus is painting goes back long before that. Because you're not asking, hey, Jesus, I'm going to be a random branch talking to someone today. So will you just be with me? We're already, we're like going, and you're like, I don't understand. What Jesus is longing to say is, I don't even want you to just be with me in that moment, Jesus, but already fuel every attitude that I think about that because it's in accordance with your attitude. Already fuel the very thoughts that I'm thinking about that person because it should be in line with your thoughts. You see, we, we look at this outward, present tense, moment by moment, Jesus be with me, and, and Jesus is like, but I want to like go back to your beginning and be with you. I want it to flow from you. I want to I change your whole perception so that when you step in that moment, it's not even about you having to ask, be with me. You know you're thinking like me. You're acting like me. Does this make sense? It's so much deeper and beautiful, the picture he's saying. I want your ways to be like me. The vine past tense fuels the branches so that the branch can bear fruit present tense. It doesn't just happen. It's not like, Jesus, let me bear fruit today. He's like, whoa, brother, how about you just sit with me, know me, be fueled by me, and trust that it will bear fruit. I, I will bear fruit through, through you if you just be fueled by me. The branch is according to the vine. It's downward from it. Uh, and I, I wrote this down. It is, uh, Jesus, don't just shape my actions today. Some of you have said that. Jesus, shape my actions today. It's not just that. It's shape the leading thoughts that are going to produce the actions today. Does this make sense? Like, God's not a puppet. He owns us. He's my master. But he doesn't puppeteer me. It's not like, Jesus, let me do good actions no, it's Jesus shape the leading thoughts, the intentions of my heart, so that I actually produce the actions that are new. It's a very different. I want to I deeply live according to you. 
I want to deeply, I wrote another one. It's not just a Jesus shape my desires today. Some of you in the room are struggle heavy with desires, desires for that drink, desires for that fix, desires for lust. Like you, we, we see this. Desires are rampant in our culture. They are. If you, if you want it, get it. If you like it, have it. And so it's not just Jesus shape my desires. That's no, it's shape the stories that my mind even thinks of when I think about being hungry. Shape, like, the literal, like, change every definition that I have. Like, let it be in accordance to you so that, like, when push comes a shove, there's nothing wrong to pull from. There's no false desire to pull from. Another one, Jesus, not just, like, not just help me be free of shame, but just shape my perception of myself. Let it be accordance to you. Don't just shape my thoughts, but shape the very definition of the words that I choose to think. Have you ever heard like, it's not about sometimes the words we communicate, but it's also how the person defines the words that you communicate. I think that's the hardest thing about relationships. You say something and they're gonna define it the way they want to, right? You say something and they're gonna define it the way that they, they have defined it. And now let's, let's sit on that a little bit. When I counsel couples, we have to realize that a lot of our definitions are like indoctrinated with pain. A lot of our definitions are indoctrinated with uh, addictions or indoctrinated with bad memories or indoctrinated with good experiences. And when God speaks, we don't hear him, we hear us, right? Like we, we hear our thoughts about that word. And the Lord's just like, no, I wanna shape every leading thought so that when I speak, nothing's blocking it. No pain because it's washed away in my name. No, it's redeemed in me. No sin because it's forgiven by my rich grace. No, no, no doubt of your identity because you're adopted by the things I freely gave. No, like, no fear because you have understanding accordance to my plans, right? Like all of this. But it has to be according to him. Change the very definitions. Some of you think... Um, I wrote some things. I've been praying for you. Some of you keep thinking, why can't I shake this? And it's because you are not perceiving your, even your thoughts in the way that he is. Like some of you literally, why do I keep giving into this? And the father just, he sees things so differently. He's like, you might have given it into it, but it hasn't robbed your identity. And even, you, even though you gave into it today, it is different than before. And so we're going to keep moving forward because this is in accordance with my will, which says you fall down, I pick you up, right? Like it's accordance with my words, which mean when you fall down, I, my grace is there. When sin increased, grace increased all the more, but we have to like, it has to be in accordance with him. Some of you, why can't I believe this? It's because that thought, that attitude, it's not flowing from him. Like, how many of your thoughts are not flowing from him? I mean, whoo. Some of your thoughts are flowing from uh, culture. Some of your thoughts are flowing from anger. Some of your thoughts are flowing from flesh. Some of your thoughts are flowing from fear. Some of your thoughts are, are flowing from pursuit, like this, this selfish ambition. 
And the Lord's like, I, you, you keep saying, why can't I believe it? But it's because you, you have this other strand going. You got this other little, little, little river attached to your river upstream. Like, I, I've redeemed your whole story. So go ahead and take that thought and bring it back to my water. Like, right, take that fear and give it to me. Like, just come in. I want to make you clean. Another one that I thought of is like, I always ask this to God, and I feel like it, it pushes me down. I always think, God, why am I like one step forward and four steps back? How many times have I said that, Kate? I feel like I'm stepping one step forward and then four steps back. And the Lord, literally, he would speak this to me. It's because, Greg, you're not seeing how I see. My thoughts are higher, says the Lord. My ways are better. You see this. I see this. You see this. I see tall. I see growth. I see you standing firm. I see you, you growing up. Does this make sense? You see this, and you're like, you think the end goal is over there. No, the end goal is to stand mature, right? Like, that's my role as a pastor is that we all, Paul will say in Ephesians 4, a little, little snap out of where we're going to go. He says, my role as a pastor is to literally prepare to equip the saints to do the work of ministry so that we can all be mature, standing stall, tall, stature of Christ. So we, I see this, but according to Christ, he's growing me to be like him. And it looks different than what I expect. Because my father says, live according to my sonship, Greg. Live according to my redemption in you. Live according to my spiritual insight. Live according to my inheritance. I wrote this down here at Glory Church. Uh, discipleship will always be this. Choosing to blank in accordance to Jesus. Like, really, like, you want to be discipled? Okay, join in. Come to this church. Be a part of a small group. And what you will be challenged to do is all aspects of you we will challenge for you to choose blank your marriage to be according to Jesus. Choose your finances to be according to Jesus. Choose your lifestyle to be according to Jesus. Choose your likings to be according to Jesus. That's discipleship. Let's walk this road and start looking more like him, Jesus. Discipleship is literally God like, I don't feel like it but I will do according to your words. I don't feel like it, but I'm not going to live according to my feelings today. Because you're the God who said, Father, take this cup, and you decided to not live according to your feelings, and you chose to die for me. I'm not, I'm not going to live according to feelings. I will live according to you, how you did it. And it's interesting, though, because it will always get messy when we try to live according to two or more things. Um, I feel a really big, um, I feel a really big burden on my heart for our church in America that we live in accordance to two or more things. Um, and it trickles down into all things. The pastors, the leaders, we live in accordance to two or more things. We live in accordance to our own agenda and the Father's agenda, which is uh, we live in accordance to our, our pains and, and, our, and our, our pride, and we live in accordance to him. We live according to our desires and his desires. And it's this nasty little pool. And it's messy, and it's hurtful. But he has made us able 
to be a church that stands tall and the gates of hell cannot prevail, right? He has given us the ability to build this place according to his words and ways. But it's this constant redirecting. Like, so as a pastor, I will always say, I've been doing this, but I need to go one. Like, I've been, I've been having two streams of thought. Uh, fear has dominated a part of my thinking, and it's not going to. Or, or, or uh, sleeplessness, this inability to rest because I've just thought I had to do everything. Right? No, no. It, it, is, it is in his name. It is in his ways. His ways are higher. That means even if I don't do anything of physical work today, the Father's will is still going to, it could still be accomplished. Because I trust him, not me. It's this beautiful picture. Uh, I want to think of it this way. God's wanting to unite all parts of us. Because in uh, spiritual immaturity is typically this. Like, if you want to know how can I be spiritually mature, anyone ever want to, how can I be spiritually mature? It's, first thing is stop saying my spiritual life, my mental life, my physical life, my relational life. Stop doing that. The moment you separate them is the moment your spiritual life is immature. It is. Because your spiritual life is your life. Like, he is in all and through all. And so now I need my mind united to him. I need my, my work, my physical, I need my relationships united in him. I need my emotions united in him. And so spiritual life and my physical life, no, it's all in him. You see, the beautiful thing is downward stream, Jesus wants to unite all of us. All of us, all parts it's not, I'm spiritually in one place, mentally in another, physically in this way. Some of you have been doing that. That's why Paul will write to the church in Corinth saying, like, when a, when a man has sex with a woman that's not his, he's uniting himself to a pro, like, to, to someone else. There's adultery. Do you, do you not see that there's, there's multiple ways that you're living, but you need to be united to one? You can't be spiritually one place and physically another. Let's unite it. The blessing is that he's uniting you. It's one. It's beautiful. But I'm going to tell you, uh, we're, we're going to read Joshua 1, and we're going to dive back into Ephesians. And this is really cool. Uh, I was talking, this little shout out to Brian, who preached last week. We've been talking ongoing about this series, and he told me, uh, and I never thought of it this way. He said, uh, I really like, <laughs> I'm not going to do the accent. Uh, he said, I really like Ephesians because it is like a New Testament version of the book of Joshua. And I was like, hmm, I, I hadn't really thought of this before, but okay. And so then I look at it, and I know, I mean, it's tattooed on my arm, the beginning of the book of Joshua. Okay, I know the book of Joshua. And I was reading this, and I'm like, wait a second. I need to read the chapter one of Joshua again. And I started seeing the cross-referencing, which typically means when the New Testament comes from the Old Testament, and you could just see it beautiful. I started seeing that clearly, like never before, where the Father is saying, there is an inheritance for you, but it needs to be in accordance with me. There is a sonship, an adoption for you, but it will be according to me. There is an understanding for you, but it will be according to me. There is a powerful redemption for you, but it's according to me. And so Joshua, it says this, after the death of Moses, who led the people out of slavery, 
You remember they were afraid. Uh, they, they decided to give in to fear. They were living according to fear. And so they had to wander in the desert for 40 years. Well, Joshua grew up. And it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And the Lord said this, my servant Moses is dead, but I need you to now proceed to cross the Jordan, you and all of this people, into the land that I am giving them, to the Israelites. And every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I promised to Moses. We just literally read, the Father has... Every spiritual blessing he has given to you, Paul writes that to the Ephesians, like to the church at Ephesus, every blessing, blessed be the Lord, our Father, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. God is saying this, I'm going to give you every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon. Verse four, from the wilderness and the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the great river Euphrates, All the land of the Hittites, the great sea in the west, it'll all be yours. Verse five, no one shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail or forsake you. Be strong and courageous for you will put this people into possession of the land. It will be their inheritance. It is theirs that I swore to them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful. Oh, look at this Hebrew word we're about to say. Be careful to act in accordance with the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn away from it to the right hand or the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse eight, this book shall not depart from your mouth. You will meditate on it day and night. Why? So that you can act according to it. Be careful to act in accordance with all that's written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall be successful. I hereby command you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's this beautiful picture of a calling for Joshua that I really believe Paul is now speaking over the church in Ephesus. I need you to be strong and courageous, uh, the Lord says to Joshua. And it, this is really beautiful. The, the word strong, if you want to know, uh, it is the word uh, shazak. I'm not going to, chazak, I'm not even going to try. All right, chazak, yep, you go. You got it, you got it. It is uh It means to grow, to prevail, to keep hold of, to be strong. Want to know something really cool? This is a little side. This word also is translated as be adopted. That's really cool. Be adopted. Uh, So much so that the negative use of the word is used in like 1 Kings. This is a little fun aside. When the Lord says they have forsaken me and they have been strong with, they have embraced, they have adopted other gods and worshiped them. They have forsaken me and have, have adopted other gods. This means instead of uh, the, the people of God being embraced, being adopted by the Lord, they were adopting other things. They were being strong in a false god. It's this really beautiful word that God is saying, I want to embrace you. So that you could be strong, firm, be adopted, be established in me. 
But then it says this other word, courageous, and this is one of my favorite words. Uh, it is the word amits, like A-M-E-T-S. It means stout, hardened, stubborn. Like, you know, every time I was called stubborn as a child, like God just makes me feel a lot better with this word courageous because uh, it means determined. Like, quite literally, uh, you know the word stiff-necked? Well, there's a positive and a negative because God's telling them, I need you to live according to my word. So much so that you do not look to your right hand or your left, but your neck is stiff on me. I need you to be stubborn on me. And so I'm about to adopt you if you live according with me. I will give you redemption, but it's stiff-necked. It is according to my grace. Don't look to the right or the left that you think it's according to your hands. Your redemption is not according to how many times you've asked for, for forgiveness. Your, your redemption is not in accordance to all the things you think you have to do. It's according. It is stiff-necked, focused, courageously looking on my grace. That's where it's coming from. Your courage, stiff-necked, your understanding, it's not going to come from your right or your left. It's going to come from my words. Meditate on it day and night. Be stubborn. This is what I love. Like, the Lord is literally saying, be hardened by my word. Be hardened like a rock to where the enemy comes and nothing can happen because you are firm right? Like we've seen these words. This is, it's throughout scripture. But if I live according to his redemption, then the enemy comes to speak shame and it won't even penetrate my mind. Because I'm like, that would be cool if I was in a different stream, but like I'm flowing from his grace. Like uh, that would be cool if I needed to figure out how to make a million bucks, but I don't because I run from his stream. Like that, that would be cool if I needed to get quick, like get rich quick scheme. Like that, or that would be nice if I needed, quote unquote, this false sense of peace. Or that would be nice if I thought I needed to numb my mind. Or that would be nice if I thought I needed my wife to satisfy me in that way. That would be nice if I thought I needed X, Y, and Z. But I flow from him. Sorry. Like, you know, like we have to be stubborn in this. But some of you, you, you literally, like other streams have dominated your perception. And so your marriage is struggling, but you think you know it. And she just ain't getting it. Or you think you know it, and it's just not happening. The father might be saying, your whole perception like your whole ideology, the plan that you have made of your, your, your plan of success, it's not even in accordance to me. Like literally, this is beautiful. Uh, it says, verse seven, only be strong and very courageous. But it's not just like you will have this because he says this land, everything you, you touch is yours. It's already given. But now there's this role that we play it says, uh, live according to it. Don't turn, and then you will have success. Some of you have defined success based off of um, 
fill in the blank. Like your, your education, success is based off of the, the finance or the job that you have. Success is based off of all of these things, the type of personality you have or what you strive to. Success is based off of uh, how many sales you get. No, success is based off of you flowing from him. And then fruit will happen. Fruit will happen. But some of you, like, there's a, a line of success that is, is, is starting out somewhere else. And you're like, God, why won't you bless me? And the Lord's like, I am blessing you, but it's not in that other stream because that's not my blessings. I, I am blessing you and there is success. You're like, but it's not success how I want it. Some of you parents in there, oh, this is a word. Okay. <laughs> it's humbling. What if the success that the Lord has for you is found in the fruit that will come through your littles? And some of you, you keep trying to achieve your own dream outside and you're so embittered by the very fruit of life that he's actually given you. Parents in the room, what if we started seeing the success of the Lord by the life of our children instead of constantly thinking that we have to create it from another stream? I don't know. That was weird. All right, there you go. Some of you, like, my word says you have arrows in your quiver to be shot against the, the, the world, the enemy. Like you have arrows. That is successful to launch. I'm about to have five. That's a handful, okay? I'm about to have five arrows in my quiver. What if I stopped thinking that success is by the number of people in our church and success is actually by the life that I see my daughter reach other people with? Like, what if, I start, what if we start seeing success in ways that are defined actually in scripture? Train up a child in the way he should go and when he is older, he will not depart from it. Like, what, why don't we see things clearly? Success isn't in the numbers that we make. Success is in the fruit of the Spirit. It's beautiful. Success is dependent on where you look. I love it. It's dependent on what stream you pull from. All right, you have understanding. It needs to be from Him. Or there's going to be false prophets all around. <laughs> okay, you got understanding. You have insight on people's ways. If it's not accordance to Him, then you will start speaking some false prophecy, right? Understanding is, ooh, it can get dangerous. If it's not always in accordance to him, his attitude, his heart, his life. And I started writing this like, I'm like, okay, God, let it be according to you. Let your words be my focus, not my own hands. Let your ways be my focus, not my own hands. Like even on the dark nights or the light days, you are my focus. Like not according to my sleepless nights, but according to you, your consistency. Some of you need to say, I need to live not according to the world. Some of you not according to my feelings. Your feelings are valid, but I think we can all realize that some of your feelings are tainted with pain. And the Lord's like, I've got pleasure for you. My, I'm a good father. If you as parents want to give blessings to your children, how much more is the heavenly father willing and able and ready to bless his children? So there are blessings 
But Father, shape me away from my feelings. Some of you live according to your flesh, your fears, another F, your friends. Some of you live according to your family, your culture, your past. Some of you live according to your obstacles, which is okay. But can I just realize, like, if you're always looking at the obstacles that you need to jump over, you're missing the point. That's Jesus came to kill sin, but the, the thing that he was pursued for, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The cross wasn't the obstacle. It wasn't even the thing that he was focused on getting around. It wasn't that at all. It was, I'm focused on gathering all things to me. I'm focused on redeeming my people. And so some of you, you're like, all right, I just got to like deal with this other obstacle or we're just going to hit with this. I got to deal with this. And the fathers live according to me and not what obstacles going on right now. Just live according to me so you could be steady through it all. This is something that I always have to remember uh, because the world will say one thing. In fact, this is a little blessing for you. Second Corinthians, it's, it's, my, it's my, my heart. Paul says this in chapter six. He says, I am treated as an imposter, but we are true. You see, according to the world, I live as an imposter, but we are true. I'm treated as a world as being unknown, like I am just crazy, but I'm actually fully known. I'm seen in the world as being dying, being like worthless. I got made fun of for wearing a purity ring when I was in seventh grade. Like I seen out of the world as being lacking, but I am satisfied, right? Like there's this, we are seen as being alive, but uh, as dead, but according to you alive, we're seen as being punished by our disciplines, but we're not. As sorrowful, yet we're always rejoicing as poor Yet, man, we make many people rich. We are seen as having nothing, yet we possess everything. You see, we have to have a mindset, an attitude according to him. Does that make sense? Because according to the world, like, I'm, a, I'm many things. I can be, even according to you sometimes, like, sometimes I have to go home and be like, I'm not putting that on me. Like, I'm not the pastor you want me to be. I'm the pastor he's called me to be. Like, I'm not going to be the one that you think I should be because of your pastor, your, your history. No, like, I'm not going to be that. I will be who he calls me to be. And sometimes it'll be a little too much for you. Sometimes it'll be not enough for you. Like, but it, he is enough for you. Um, He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And so honestly, as we close this, I'm going to make this very practical, all these four things. We've got adoption. We've got uh, this beautiful word of redemption. We've got understanding and inheritance. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So this first one, I'm going to like speak a little plainly now. All right? Adoption. He says, you're adopted. He's chosen you, but it's, a, it's an adoption according to the praise of his grace. It's according to him. You want to know who you are? Some of you, you strive to know who you are. That's okay. You want to know who you are. Who am I? And who you are is, is like surrounded by all these thoughts and desires and fears and worries. Who am I? You want to ask that question? Start asking actually, God, like, what is your pleasure? Because what your pleasure is, is who I am. I've been adopted because of your pleasure. That word means his delight. 
his delight. Some of you need to start, stop saying like, God, tell me who I am or what do you want me to do with my life? And instead just saying, God, what pleases you today? Like, what is your heart's desire today? Because I want to live according to you. What is your, and it starts that simple. Stop saying, God, who am I? Or what do you want me to do? Or what job do you want me to do? Or, or what, added, like, just say, what are you pleased with, God, today? Just tell me who, I want to live according to your pleasure, because that's what has adopted me. Your desire. Some of you really ask, write that down. God, what do you desire? What are you pleased with? Start asking. I, just, I really want to know over these six weeks, like, y'all are going to be doing some crazy things because he's going to say, I actually desire this. And I, I think I can do that. He'll open your eyes. Another one, uh, redemption. It says, we are, that forgiveness of our sins, it's according to the riches of his grace lavished on us. That word lavished is beautiful. It means exceedingly huge amount of grace. Instead, many of you, you keep thinking your redemption is put on you or that you could, you could somehow mess it all up or that you have messed it all up or there's this 10-step program that you have to do in order to be redeemed. What would it be like for you to actually say no to that thought when it rises, that you have to do something to be something? No, I'm according to his grace. Like, what would, no, I, won't, I don't need to fear that. I'm like coming from his grace. No, some of you, like I was t- telling a conversation um, I'm genuinely, weirdly not afraid of many things. I probably should be a little bit more afraid. Kate tells me, like, you know, it's not like I don't have common sense. I got, I got common sense, but I don't really care. And at the end of the day, I think in my history, if you want to sit with me, I'd love to tell you my story. I have had to, I had to learn really early on that there are many things that want to claim my identity. Uh... And I wasn't going to let anything else in to claim my identity. And so I started realizing the reason we are afraid of things is because we are afraid of what it will mean for us. And there are certain things that I'm just not, I'm stubborn to. I don't care what you think of me. <laughs> and the reason, like, and some of your words do. Some of you are in that, that that's why I, some of your words. But I had to learn, like, I don't, you hit me on the street, it doesn't define me as less than. But some of you, you still think in according to that. If you get hit, if you get, like, fired, if you get fill in the blank, it is a knock on your identity. But the Father says, you have redemption flowing from my grace. You have adoption flowing from my ways. So nothing is a knock at you, because it's, you're not even in that pool. Does this make sense? I will not be afraid because whatever happens, like, it's not going to change the grace that is flowing downward to me. It's not going to change that. Another one, understanding. He says, have understanding according to the pleasure that I set forth in Christ to gather all things. He's given us understanding, the ability to think wisely. I heard a a friend of mine say, stop asking the Lord like what to do and just do his ways. Just do his ways. 
Like, stop, just, you have understanding according to him. Um, I just have a word for those. We are getting into like a, a prophetic series, like time in our church, right? Like some of you, you've experienced, like that's something, that, yeah. If you stick around with us, I'm, the, the Lord will give a word for you. Some of you like already, in fact, with this understanding piece, I just need to, I want you to bring to your mind the last word someone spoke over you here at Glory Church. All right? I want you to, to bring it back to mind. The interesting thing is positive blessings spoken over us can quickly be contaminated by the streams of our past to the point where you don't even hear it clearly or hear the calling of it because it's still, it's still put in this stream of your past. I really like, God is going to speak something to you, but you must define that blessing by him. In other words, I heard some really cool words. Some of you, the Lord's giving you authority over, over an area. Others of you, the Lord is, is mounting you up and calling you into a, a place of, of like blessing. Can I just hear you? That's cool things. But what's going to happen in 10 years when you realize the blessing didn't actually fit your ego like you thought it would? Because the blessing isn't about your ego. And so already today, the Lord has a blessing for you. The words that he's spoken, but those words must be defined by him. In fact, you, your heart must be shaped in order to step into it. Some of you, like, you can't keep sin and blessing and think the Lord's going to keep moving you in his favor. Does this make sense? Like, you understanding must be according. The positive things spoken aren't this, like, pat on the back, and then you go and have a good day. He said that I'm going to be dominating things. Brother, you can't even dominate your lust. Like, so we have to, like, understanding must come foremost from him. If the Lord's blessing you, he's blessing you to be shaped into him. Okay, last one, inheritance, according to his purpose. I just want to, like, deposit something on this. This is, some of you keep saying, God, win, God, win, God, win. Whereas the promise to Joshua was now, it's now, it's now. Everything that your soul, the foot, touches is yours. God, when am I getting the inheritance? God, when am I going to get this blessing? And the Father says, according to me, everywhere you go, you have the authority. You rule, you reign in my kingdom. You have the ability. You have the authority. And so we have to shame because it's according to his ways. And what I love is the assurance of uh, I have an inheritance that is according to the God who accomplishes all things. And so that means what God has called me to have will be had. What God has called me to, to be will be as I live according to him. And so a good question to start asking as we end is this, hey God, what is this flowing from? What is this flowing from? What is this according to? Who? I got a weird feeling, God. What is this according to? Oh, God, I just, what is this action according to? What is this desire? What is, 
what the past 30 minutes have I been living according to? Who? Like, God, what is this flowing from? What is this fear flowing from that I can submit it to you? What is this thought flowing from? And another one with that, what do you desire, God, is the question, God, what do you have, Lord? Like, I just want to know what you have. I don't want to know, like, what I should do or what is going, but God, what do you have, Lord? It's like my kids say, what are we going to do today, God? Like, right? What are we going to do today, Dad? Like, what, what do we have in store today? What if we started asking the Father that? God, what do, we, what do you have today? What do you have today? Because I want to live according to what you have. Because <laughs> I don't got much, God. So, Father, in this place, I just pray that we can be a, a kingdom in accordance with you. Lord, if there is going to be breakthrough in our church, it'll be because it flows from your breakthrough. Lord, right now, I loosen the heart that is so bound up by the fears of this world, by the losses that they've experienced. There is a child of the Lord who just keeps living according to all of your lackings. You hold, you store up, you are not generous with your time, your heart towards your children, you're not generous with your words. And the Father is just saying, you can trust me. Behind you is a storehouse of grace that is so ready to enrich you, so ready to fuel you. If you stop, stop looking at all the things that have called you dead, that have called you worthless. Father, I will live in accordance to your word. We will live according to your redemption. Jesus, may we be a church that is stiff-necked when it comes to your word. We will not look at our right hand or our left. As a pastor, I will not look at the right hand and the left and think I've done any of this. You have. Your word doesn't return void. Let's worship according to you. Great are you, Lord. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.